You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You to come with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 1. The title of this message is Nocturne. Nocturne. It's where we get the word nocturnal. Nocturnal. Nocturnal means to see in the dark. To see in the dark. I didn't realize this until I was studying, but the Catholic Church actually has uh, a tradition of in their rites of what they call nocturne. And it's part of their, their, uh, their matters where they have in the hours from midnight through to 6 a.m., they have like it's like a mass and a scripture reading and a prayer and a meditation that the monks used to do called nocturne. And as I was preparing this, I felt the Holy Spirit say that on Vision Sunday, and I've got some great vision messages that usually I'll kind of refabricate with God and let him breathe on certain things that he wants to bring out. I've always got more points than time, in case you haven't noticed. And... <laughs> But I felt this year, I felt him say, no, no, the word of the Lord this year is, is night vision. And so I wanted to, I wanted to come up with something nocturne. Uh, Leanne and I were watching a movie recently, and it was a, uh, a movie on warfare. And the advantage that our American Marines and our American troops had over the enemy was that we had night vision. We had night vision. Human beings don't, don't, biologically have night vision, we don't have the ability to see in the dark. So we sleep at night, whereas, you know, lions and tigers and a lot of the animals, they hunt at night because behind their retina, uh, there's a, there's a, a layer that, that not only receives light, but it refracts it two or three times to increase the light so they can see. They, they may not be able to see clearly, but they can see things in, in the dark and so they hunt at night. Human beings, we don't have that layer. But I felt God say we don't have it biologically. We don't have it in the natural, intentionally. Because God wants you to understand that even though it is a biological truth that you, don't, you and I don't have night vision, that we're not nocturnal, God said there is an element where when you come into the kingdom, when you come into Christ, the, the spirit of God, the, the, the anointing of God will actually give you night vision. Well, let me, let me, let's go. Genesis chapter one, verse one. I, I love the first of January because I've got to start over again. This year I'm in the ESV, which is the everything standard version or something like that. But, um, and I love, I just, Genesis is my favorite book and I'm almost like a, a lament because it just, you go through two chapters. I'm like, oh, there's so much gold in just chapter one. Can't we just do a whole year on chapter one? But Genesis chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, I'm going to say beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness, everyone say darkness, was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, then God said, let there be a light and there was light. I like this because God, God always leads by example. God always leads by example. God created the heavens and the earth. He created the cosmos and the galaxy and our planet. And then it's not until verse three that he turns the light on. So God created in the dark. 
He created in the dark and then in verse 3, he turns the light on. Science and biology tell us that for the eye to see, light must be present. For the eye to see, light must be present. So God is showing us that he does his creating through a thing called vision, not through sight. Sight is the ability to see what is before you. Vision is the ability to dream ahead of you, is to see beyond what is before you. Vision is the ability to see what is beyond in front of you. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision, the people perish. Pastor Samuel was, was so right. You know, when, when it came to Vision Sunday, most churches will do a Vision Sunday where you hear about the vision of the church that we're hoping that in my presentation of the vision of the church, you'll all, you know, throw your vision away and say, man, let's come under the pastor's vision. But I felt I just could never rest on that. I could never land on that. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to raise up visionaries. And they, they need to have a vision for their own life. And I'm like, oh, hang on, God. I remember sitting in a meeting where the pastor was preaching about vision. And more than one vision is division. Division. And, uh, and, and, but I felt, I felt God say, no, no, it's so important that you have a vision for your life. So I apologize if you come from a place where you weren't permitted to have a vision, but you want to have visionaries. And let me just also say this, over the, you know, over the lockdowns and the shutdowns, God spoke to me very, very clearly to be strong and courageous and, uh, and open up on August 23rd. Let me also just tell you a word of the Lord that came to me the other day. He says, when courage in men begins to rise, God begins to move. When the courage in men begins to rise, God begins to move. That's why God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous because you are going to cross the Jordan and you, but I'll be with you and I'll drive them. God, God is waiting for courage to rise. One of the things in Revelation that disqualifies people from everlasting life is cowardice. And it's written right up there with adulterers, murderers, Cowardice is kind of right in that lot. I know it's not politically correct, but it's in the Bible. And so, so a lot of people over the, over the lockdowns and shutdowns, you know, thought, well, we'll come and check out Awaken. They're open. Hey, at least, you know, online is awesome, you know, online. But it's online is like, you know, the, the fireplace on my TV. I can see it. It got out, but I can't feel nothing. So, so one of the comments, one of the comments that we had, one of the comments that we had was, uh, you know, you guys are a little bit rowdy. Uh, whew, you know, there's a lot of interaction over the top and, you know, what's with the, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's very, very cool. And. Forgive me because I, I don't know how to do church any other way because I wasn't raised in church. I got saved on a beach. And the day I got saved, I was 100% saved. The day I got saved, I was 100% saved. I was going to heaven, Jesse Sullivan. I was saved. Jesus came into my heart. I was born again. I was going to heaven. I was 100% saved. But I was 99.9999% jacked up. 
I was a mess on legs. My thinking, my habits, my defaults, my dysfunctions. Dear Jesus. So, so in this house, we don't, our mission isn't just to get people saved. Because Jesus didn't say go into all the world and get people saved. He said go into the world and make disciples. And discipleship, discipleship is the unraveling. That's why last week was Shredder Sunday. And if you missed last week, don't worry because it's, it's just a feature. We just decided to make it a main feature last week. But you'll find in this house, we want to help you get unraveled. We want to help you shred the stuff that is limiting, that is hindering that is holding you back, that is keeping you down because we're a discipleship church. We're an empowering church. For that, it means that, you know, there's going to be some, some moments. And so people were saying, well, you know, the awakened church, well, you know, you know they're, they're right into the prosperity thing. And let me just tell you, yes. Because from Genesis to Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, I can't find any other, any verse that contradicts where God does not want you to flourish, where he does not want you to prosper. The Bible says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. And the reaction usually is, um, well, you know, you got to be careful because if people prosper, then they'll get like, you know, selfish and they'll, you know, betray God. And, and it's true. It's true. You could absolutely get, you know, make so much money this year that you buy a big fat yacht and you just kind of, you know, sunbathing on the deck of your yacht and have forgotten God. That can happen. But you'll find that every time you come to this church or any one of our locations, we will teach unapologetically every Sunday about honoring the Lord with the first fruits of all your possessions, with all your increase, bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. And then at the same time, we'll teach you what the apostle Paul taught in second Corinthians nine, that God wants you to have not just an abundance, but to abound and always be abounding that you may be able to give to every good work. So you will find that in this house, the thing that keeps you from being greedy is giving because giving people don't greed and greedy people don't give. It's very, very simple. But God has no problem with you flourishing. So I wanted to raise up visionaries. And then, and then God began to speak to me. He says, because I, I, if you don't have faith, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have a dream that you're living for, you've got nothing to exercise your faith for. When, when Goliath stood and defied the armies of Israel, a 16-year-old kid goes into the battlefield and Saul says, you're not able to fight. You're just a youth and he's been a man of war from his youth. But David said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came against the flock to take one of the lambs, I went after it and I struck it and I killed it. This Philistine will be like the lion. And in other words, he says, because I exercise faith, because I won battles in private, I was able to be a warrior in the civic. I was able to be a warrior in the arena. I was able to be a warrior in the public square. And I felt like the, the Lord was saying, don't you back up, but double down on the fact that God wants you to dream. God wants you to have vision. God wants you to believe God because it's the greatest way that God can raise faith-filled warriors. The devil doesn't want, he wants the only person with faith to be the pastor. And it's the pastor that does the healings. It's the pastor that does the miracles. And pastor prayed for me and there was deliverance. And pastor preached, you know, and which is wonderful if you're the pastor and you're insecure and you need 
You need people's affirmation for your, but, but I actually get a kick out of hearing Pastor Samuel preach. I'm like, man, that guy is anointed. I get a kick out of hearing Jesse Sullivan teach around the tithes and offerings and generosity and faith and honor. I get a kick out. I get a kick out of seeing the team flourish. I get a kick out of seeing people. I get a kick out of Matt Tuggle has the biggest altar call in Salt Lake City. I was there. I was there a month ago. I had an altar call, but no. All of a sudden, everyone's singing Jürgen Slaney's thousands, you know, Matt, his tens of thousands. Man had 13 people say, we've never had altar calls this big. Oh, the anointing. We've never had an anointing like that. So guess who's never going? No, no, just kidding. No, just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But I love that. How awesome is that? So God creates the heavens and the earth. And then in verse three, he turns the light on which means that, 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 that you need to see in the dark. And maybe 2020 was a year of darkness. Man, if, I would, if they would have told me what 2020 was gonna be like, I would have said, put me in a, in a hibernation chamber in, in January and wake me up in February, 2021. But we went through some stuff. And this is, what, this is what I want you to know, that even though it's January 3rd today, there is nothing magical in the calendar. There's no magic in the dates. And you may be saying, man, thank God 2020 is gone. 2021 is here. Thank God. I don't want another year like, but there's nothing magical in a calendar. So before you go, oh, I'm not sure I came to church to hear negative, you know, negative Nancy up there. <laughs> Pessimistic Pedro up there. You know, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 2020, we were hit. 2020, we were blindsided by an enemy. We were blindsided, a Wuhan virus out of a, a lab, weaponized, a globalist agenda, all kinds of the rise of wickedness in America. And we may have been blindsided and they shut down business. They removed freedoms. And you may have definitely everybody, there's not a person in here that wasn't affected in some way, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And I want you to know that even though those enemies are still there. 2021 will be greater for you. It'll be greater for you. Not because the enemies have yet been vanquished or have yet been dispersed. They're still there. But because we now recognize the enemy. We now recognize. You can't, if you talk to Scott Hall, who was a fighter pilot, Hacksaw Hall, that he will tell you that you can't take out an enemy until you recognize where the enemy is and what the enemy's up to. This year, you're gonna, the dreams that you had for 2020, get ready, that and moreover is gonna come because we recognize our enemy. And I'm gonna give you the keys and the warfare on how to overcome and how to conquer. The Bible says this in Psalm 110, it says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then he says this, he says, and he shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion rule in the midst of your enemies. Israel has always ruled in the midst of her enemies. God didn't wipe out the enemies. He just caused her to rule in the midst of her enemies. This year, you're going to rule in the midst of your enemies. You're going to, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So let me give you three quick thoughts. The first one is, uh, a God vision causes you to see in the dark. A God vision causes you to see in the dark. 
I don't want you to see according to the darkness. I want you to see according to God's light. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So God's word illuminates. God created the heavens and the earth because he had a picture in his mind of what he wanted. God creates with vision. Vision is your, your ability to see beyond what is in front of you. What might be in front of you right now might be foreclosure. What might be in front of you might be divorce. But what might be in front of you right now might be relational. You may be tapped out. You may be emotionally depleted, physically depleted, mentally depleted. What might be in front of you right now is crippling credit card debt. Might be, what might be in front of you right now is months behind on the mortgage. What might be in front of you right now is a landlord asking for, for rent and you haven't been able to have your business. That may be in front of you right now now. I want you to know that the, today the Spirit of God wants to breathe on you and He wants to say, hey, I'm your Father. The Apostle Paul says, you know, you have thousands of instructors in Christ. You've got mentors and coaches that you can poke a stick at, but what you really need is fathers. A mentor will teach you what he knows, but a father will give you what he is. A father will impart to you who he is. Coaches don't do that. They just teach instructionally, but, but a father imparts Father imparts biologic, he imparts his DNA. And I want you to know that Jesus, when he taught us to pray, says, Our Father who art in heaven, your heavenly Father is a God who creates in the dark. He's a God that is a vision God. He, he, has, he sees in the dark. He wants you today to have a vision. I want you to not let circumstances, not let debts, not let the negative of 2020, not let what the enemy has done. Do not let the enemy define the dreams of God. You say, you know what, devil? Get your hands off the thermostat. Give me back the remote control to the television of my heart. I'm going to let the Spirit of God determine my light. In 2021, we may have lost, but we're going to get everything back with interest, devil. In 2020, we may have, but we are not going to be behind. We're going to buy a house. We're going to have a home in San Diego. Our businesses are going to flourish. Our children are going to flourish. Our marriages are going to flourish. Everything is coming back. A God vision causes you to see in the dark. Second one, number two, a God, a God vision sees beyond your lifetime. In Genesis 15, God takes Abraham out of his tent. Abraham's in a tent and, and God visits him and, and, and Abraham says to God, he says, you know, well, what's the point of all this blessing? Because God says, see, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And, and Abraham's like, yeah, thank you. I'm not ungrateful. Thank you for the silver, the gold the livestock, the cattle, the thank you for the stuff. Thank you for the stuff. But I, I'm not sure if you notice God, and obviously you haven't, because I'm asking you to look. You have not given me a child, an Eliezer of Damascus, an heir, is heir, a servant born in my house will be heir of all this stuff. Look, you have not given me a child. So God does this. He takes Abraham out of his tent and he says, son, look up and count the stars if you are able. So shall your descendants be as the, numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Why didn't Abraham or why didn't God just leave Abraham in the tent and say, you know what, Abraham, you're right. I'm, I'm not good at peripheral. I was so busy giving you stuff, I completely forgot about your wife's biological issues. I, I admit it, I'm, I've got some oversight problems. 
He says to Abraham, the problem isn't in Sarah's womb. We can be in our tent looking at what we don't have, looking at how life has been cruel, rehearsing over and over again how the circumstances, the limitations, the, the ceilings, the experience, our background. Abraham has had this tent since he was a young man. But God brings him out of his tent and he says, what you need is fresh vision. Because before I can change what's in Sarah's womb, I have to change what's in your sight. I have to change what's in your vision. God could have very easily, God could have very easily responded to Abraham's prayer and just, you know, gone ahead and fixed what was broken. There you go. It'll work now. It'll, it's fixed. He could have done that, but he didn't. He didn't, he didn't do that. Abraham wanted a biological son. He wanted an heir. He wanted his DNA in a son that would be heir of his house. God had something greater in mind. God said to Abraham, and I'm going to get you to come out of your tent. I'm going to get you to look up and I'm going to get you to count the stars if you are able. Because more will your descendants be than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. You want a son. And absolutely, if I fix her womb, you will have a son. But what I'm getting you to do is I'm getting you to believe for the impossible because you want a son, but I want a nation. And I want a nation of people of faith. If I just touch Sarah's womb, I can put a baby in there. If I just fix what's broken in her uterus, I can put a baby in there. But what I'm looking for is more than that because what, I, what I'm looking for in the earth is for a people of faith, a people of faith. We were in Israel uh, 18 months ago and we went to a certain place called Masada. Masada was kind of like the last stand against the Romans that were coming in, the invading conquerors coming in. And, uh, and they literally all died. They gave their lives protecting Masada. But one of, the, one of the, the Levites that was up there took and he engraved into the wall Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And it says that, you know, though the, the, the Spirit of God will breathe again and cause these bones to become a great and exceedingly great and mighty army. For almost 1900 years, what was known as the dispersion, the, the, the Jewish people were dispersed all over the world. They were not only crushed and conquered by the Romans, but they were scattered throughout the world. If there was one nation that should have been snuffed out, it should have been the Jewish people. Yet, yet in 1948, in 1948, Israel from all over the world comes back together and settles there. And when they go up to Masada, they read the last verse that a, that a Levite wrote into the wall and it was a prophetic picture that even though it was a valley full of dry bones and looked like death and looked hopeless, a man of faith wrote because God was putting into Abraham a faith that would create a cocoon. The greatest legacy I can give my children is not just life, is not just breath, is not just an education. The greatest legacy I can give my children, you can't get at Harvard. You can't get at Yale or Oxford. The greatest legacy I can give them is an atmosphere of faith, a cocoon of faith, a, a cocoon of favor with God. You see it all the way through the scriptures. Itzhak has favor with God. 
Jacob has favor with God. The, the, the descendants, David stands in it. Joshua comes to, to the walls of Jericho. And because Joshua has faith in him, God can say, just march around it, son. And he's able to see because something was birthed in Abraham. God wants to give you a vision. You may say 2020 was unnecessarily difficult. Where was God? Where was God with the promises? I'm telling you, what you think is just a financial breakthrough and maybe paying the rent and your business flourishing, God is doing something even greater. Whatever the enemy means for evil, God is going to turn around. It's going to be double down favor for you because now you're exercising a faith muscle. You're going to give birth to something that's going to go beyond your life. I'm going to finish. When we were in Germany, when we were in Germany uh, a couple of years ago for our 25th wedding anniversary, we did this Rhine River cruise. We went to a city called Cologne. Cologne was one of the Roman colonies. And in, in Cologne, there's a cathedral called St. Peter's Cathedral. They started building St. Peter's Cathedral in the year 1248. And their vision was to build the greatest cathedral and the largest cathedral in the world. In World War II, when Adolf Hitler bombed, the Luftwaffe bombed London and Sheffield and major parts of England, they knew they had to retaliate. And so Winston Churchill sat down and they chose three targets. The second of the three to hurt the Germans was this cathedral, St. Peter's Cathedral, because it was one of the wonders of the world. They started building it in 1248. They finished building it in 1878, 630 years later. Why did it take so long? Because every generation that saw the vision says we can't just rush and compromise and finish it. We can't use inferior materials. So we've got to wait for the cedar to grow. We've got to, we've got to get the stone from the quarries and this quarries run out so we've got to go every generation refused to compromise the vision the people that built that vision had the vision for this cathedral had such a vision that the generations after had a God wants to give you a vision that you can't fulfill in your lifetime if you can fulfill your vision in your lifetime it's too small you should dream a dream. Abraham, count the stars if you are able. For more will your descendants be. You know what the Bible doesn't say? It doesn't say, and Abraham believed God and it was accredited as righteousness and then the Lord got right under repairing Sarah's broken womb. In fact, the Lord even hastened her birth giving. Instead of nine months, she was giving birth at six months. Every six months, she was, she was like giving birth to puppies. It was like 11 or 12. That's not what it says. Some people are like, it doesn't? No, it doesn't say that. Abraham had one. God took him out and says, your descendant's going to be like stars in the sky, sitting on the seashore. And he dies holding Isaac. Isaac, he has one. Because it wasn't about Abraham having a vision for his life. We are so myopic. We are so small-minded, so narrow-centered. God wants you to dream a dream that the generations to come from you carry the dream of me and our grandfather had this dream and there's an anointing and a favor. Grandma, I don't have time for the last point, but the last point is, People are laughing, I know. 
that a God vision causes you to see through the storms. A God vision causes you to see through the storms. There's a beautiful saying and it's worth repeating that when the other prisoners saw the bars, Joseph saw the stars. He was betrayed, sold into slavery, falsely accused, sentenced to prison as a Hebrew foreigner who attempted to rape his boss's wife. Ain't nobody hiring an ex-felon, especially one who was a and he was innocent. But he had a vision from God that was greater than the storms. It was greater than his circumstances. In this church, God wants you to get pregnant with a vision that sees in the dark, sees beyond what's in front of you. A vision that goes beyond your lifetime. And a vision that sees in the midst of the storms, in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of negativity. On your seat, you've got this vision card right here. I want you to get this vision card and I want you to write stuff out. My kids now, 26 and 23, Jordan and Ash, they, they always, Dad, look what I wrote on my vision card. And every year, every year when they, when they bring it in January, they're like, oh man, you know what we wrote was a little bit ridiculous. And then they get to the end of the year and they find that your ridiculous unlocks God's miraculous. That I've, If you would have said to me, hey, listen, when you get to San Diego, you're going to have seven campuses and you're going to be buying the most amazing building. And even though there's no zone, I would have said, yeah, you know what? That's ridiculous. You need to stop smoking. But I found that God is always just looking for someone who, it was ridiculous for a hundred year old man to believe that his 90 year old wife would conceive and bring forth. And yet his ridiculous unlock God's miraculous. I want to give you permission. Now, listen, absolutely. If we were at, if we were in an Amway meeting or a Rotary Club meeting, don't go ridiculous. But you're not. You're in the house of God. The, the, the spirit that is on this house is a spirit of with God, all things are possible. The, the question is, are you with God? Because if you're with God, all things are possible. Now, if you're not with God, if you're still trying to do it in your own strength, knock yourself out. With men, it's impossible. But if you just yield and get with God, you step into the all things are possible network. These principles don't work because God loves me more than you, even though actually that's how I feel. If I was honest, like sometimes I have to take him aside and say, God is a little awkward. People are going to start talking. But he wants everybody to feel like that. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. Get your vision card. Dream. Let God give you a vision that sees in the dark. Let God give you a vision that sees beyond your lifetime. And let God give you a vision that sees through the storms. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.